0: So I said to my people, slow the testing
1: down, please. Yeah, you know, he wasn't kidding. That's kind of like murder. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. From Pacifica with you. Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A. Also in Red Bluff and Redding, California, on KFOI, Round Mountains, KKRN, Eureka's KGOE. In Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's Queso and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN. Up in Palinville, New York on WLPP. Over in Grand Rapids, Michigan on WPRR. In New Orleans on WHIV. Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, in Fayetteville, Arkansas on KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, in Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk. Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week, I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com with another thrilling edition of the Bradcast, or as we used to call it and still should, Radio to Quarantine by... Yes, we are your stay-at-home radio companion. Not that many are staying at home anymore these days, and we are all paying a pretty big price for that. So, uh, welcome to the broadcast. Hello, Desi Doyen. Hey! You know what? (laughs) When all else fails, there is always the Green News Report.
2: Yes, we do have that coming up.
1: The uh, Green News Report, you know, has failure baked into its cake. (laughs) It's but you know, but for today for a change, we've actually got some good accountability news, really, from top to bottom in the GNR.
2: Right. So you'll want to stick around for that. It's not great
1: accountability news, but, but some good accountability news.
2: Yeah, we'll take it. So
1: there's that. Before that, however, we we seem to have the exact opposite of that. The exact opposite of good news, the exact opposite of accountability news. Across the U.S., 38,115 new infections were reported by state health departments on Wednesday, surpassing the previous single-day record of 34,203 set on April 25, during what many have deluded themselves, I guess, into believing was the peak of the pandemic in the U.S. Surprise! Texas, Florida, and California led the way with increased infection uh, reports on Wednesday, with all three states reporting more than 5,000 new cases apiece. Oklahoma. Hi, Tulsa. Did you enjoy Trump's death rally in your city last weekend? Oklahoma reported record highs in new single-day coronavirus cases, while uh, hospitalizations hit a new peak in Arizona, where intensive care units have quickly filled up. In Texas, hospitalization rates have doubled over the past week and a half or so. They are facing a very real crisis right now down there in Texas, particularly in Houston. But we will get to the Lone Star State in a bit. Since the start of the pandemic, the U.S. has now recorded more than 2.3 million coronavirus cases and at least 122,000 deaths. 122,000 deaths In about four months, by far the highest number anywhere on the globe, by far. And while many places across the globe are seeing cases plummet in their countries, uh, in many countries in Europe and Asia, where it's in some cases down to darn near zero, the good old U.S. of A. is still cranking them out. As our curve now continues to rise all across the country. Even as it continues to fall in a few states that were hit earliest and hardest, mostly in the New York metropolitan uh, area, Where the tri-state region of New York, New Jersey and Connecticut have now issued quarantine requirements for travelers coming from a number of other states around the country that are currently being the hardest hit. Because it's now, well, thanks to failed federal policy on this from the jump, it is now up to the states to take care of themselves. Good luck, states. Hope you've built border walls just, you know, to be safe. Among the states where cases and hospitalizations are growing the fastest uh, are those GOP-run states that reopened the earliest, long before health experts said it was safe to do so. But rather than concede that they were wrong to have done so, several of those Republican governors are now just sort of simply trying to hide the truth, hide the facts, hide the data from their own residents about this. So, yeah, Uh, You know, wherever the broadcast may reach, whether it's via the Internet, whether it's via a terrestrial radio station, uh, you know, we need to report what is going on. Our job is to inform the electorate. And right now, the electorate is not always being well uh, well informed, particularly by media outlets who are relying on some of the official data coming from some of these governments who are lying to their own people. In Florida, where case numbers are now spiking and uh, going nowhere but straight up at this point, pretty much since Memorial Day. Remember that woman that we reported on a a, a month or so ago named Rebecca Jones? Do you recall her? Oh, yeah.
2: She was um, the head of. Dr.
1: Jones, (laughs) yes. Do you remember where she was? No. She was uh, in charge of Florida's COVID 19 tracking website. Ah, It was hailed by health experts at the time and, and other states as one of the best in the nation. Well, you may recall that she was unceremoniously fired right around the time that Florida Governor, Republican Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, was opening businesses back up uh, in his state after she says she had refused an order to alter COVID-19 data on the state's website. Well, after Florida fired Dr. Jones, the woman in charge of tracking COVID data in the state at the time, she set up her own website called FloridaCovidAction.com to track the real data in Florida, not the faked data that Ron DeSantis wanted her to report, but the real data after reports uh, that the state had already put the brakes on releasing the raw data that Jones had made available at that state website. Well, this week she put out some alarming breaking news tweets from her uh, Twitter account where she now calls herself Rebecca Jones, a.k.a. hashtag insubordinate, hashtag scientist. (laughs) Uh, She put out this breaking news about what she what she sees is now going on in the state of Florida in advance of the July 4th holiday as the state apparently uh, has found someone willing to change the numbers on that state website after Dr. Jones was fired. She tweeted, Breaking Florida announced Monday they're not counting the ICU bed availability anymore, a key element in keeping things open so the state can proceed to the next phase by July 4. So, They're just not tracking how many beds are available, how many ICU beds are available in the state of Florida. They don't want people to know. The local media has been trying to find out on their own, but the state is no longer tracking that. She continues, I have multiple sources at DOH, that's the Florida Department of Health, who have just told me they have been instructed this week to change the numbers and begin slowly deleting deaths and cases. So it looks like Florida is improving next week in the lead up to July 4, like they've, quote, made it over the hump. She says, I've independently verified they have deleted at least twelve hundred cases in the last week. They're only reporting all these cases now so they can restrict reporting next week to make everyone think it's over. She said, I've had two Department of Health employees in different offices confirm
2: how is this legal Uh, i mean i guess if there's nobody to enforce a law saying you can't lie to the public which i'm not even sure there's a law against that
1: well that's uh republicans in florida better hope there is not yeah of course they are not the only gop-run state which appears to be attempting to lie to their own residents by trying to hide Scientific facts and data. West Virginia Governor Jim Justice forced out the uh, commissioner of his public health bureau on Wednesday, just hours after questioning the accuracy of the state's coronavirus, uh, coronavirus data, which detailed growing outbreaks in about a dozen counties. The abrupt resignation of Kathy Slemp, who was also a state health health officer, came after the Republican governor. Remember, he was elected as a Democrat, Mm -hmm.
2: Jim Justice,
1: uh, before he almost immediately after becoming elected, changed his party to Republican right after the election. So it gives you some sense of how honest this guy is anyway. Her abrupt resignation came just after Governor Justice vented during a news conference that West Virginia's active virus caseload may have been overstated by the state. In a statement Wednesday afternoon, the governor's office said Justice had expressed his, quote, lack of confidence in Slemp, who resigned immediately, according to the statement. She was a regular feature of the governor's daily virus news conferences. She has decades of public health experience. She was previously the acting state health officer and was the founding director of the state's public health emergency preparedness and response programs. Other than that, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's also, by the way, on the board of scientific counselors at the federal centers for disease control and prevention. Yes, the CDC. Justice, Governor Justice, on the other hand, is a billionaire coal businessman without previous political experience who lied about the party that he actually uh, uh, is signed up with in order to become governor. He previously showered Slemp with praise as he had hosted these press conferences during the outbreak, often stressing that his aggressive plan to lift virus restrictions was guided by health experts, including Slemp, who did not appear At Wednesday's news briefing for some reason, this before her resignation, in her resignation resignation letter uh, provided by the state health department to Associated Press, Slemp urged officials to listen to science. Encourage all to stay true to the science, she said, to further work to engage and empower communities to address such an unprecedented situation collectively. It is with mutual respect, support, a willingness to look at and understand both the science and the factors that drive them and a dedication to moving forward together that will get the state through this together. Well, we can't have that. So she Is now gone in West Virginia. Meanwhile, virus outbreaks have emerged in the state, including at least 72 cases in 11 counties that have been linked to tourism travel to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Thanks, South Carolina. And about 70 cases that have been linked to church services in three counties. Thanks, churches. Very thoughtful of you to uh, hold these congregations, hold these uh, services together, bring all your people together so they could get sick and die. And that, by the way, is according to the governor. That's the governor's telling of where all of these cases are coming from. The governor has also uh, so far declined to strengthen West Virginia's virus restrictions in response to those increases being reported. Instead, he just fired the woman who's reporting them. He has repeatedly balked on mandating face masks in public spaces, saying that such an order would be politically divisive. Well, you'd hate to be politically divisive in West Virginia. Justices also asked that people avoid traveling to Myrtle Beach. Well, that'll solve it. They have seen uh, cases rise in recent weeks that instead of ordering quarantines as people return from the popular resort city. At least 92 people in the small rural state of West Virginia have died from the virus. Meanwhile, South Carolina is one of the states that New York, New Jersey and Connecticut are now restricting travel from, requiring those from the state or those who visited it to quarantine for two weeks upon arriving uh, back from uh, any of those states. The list of states now facing those restrictions In the New York metropolitan area, as of Wednesday night, are Alabama, Arkansas, Arizona, Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, Utah, and yes, Texas. Florida, of course, and their governor, he's none too happy about it as there's a lot of travel between New York and Florida. But hey, sorry, Florida, your governor decided to pretend this was all politics as opposed to a life and death matter. By the way. Uh, Apple announced today that it is now reclosing fourteen stores in the Sunshine State. Due to the worsening numbers there. Florida, if you'll recall earlier in the pandemic, had said, "You know, well, we're we're not New York as they issued their own quarantine order for travelers arriving from New York and its metro area. Well, those tables have now turned as the New York metropolitan area, uh, was able to get its horrific epidemic under control. As of today, it is reporting that uh, New York is reporting that it has fewer than 1,000 hospitalizations for the first time since the pandemic just crushed New York earlier this year. That progress was accompli- accomplished uh, through strict and, yes, annoying restrictions, stay at home orders, mask requirements, business closures social distancing requirements, that as Florida Governor Ron DeSantis did the exact opposite. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo was asked what he now says to uh, complaints from the Florida governor about all of this and, and those from other states complaining about the new restrictions in New York.
0: Oh, I say to them all, look at the numbers. You played politics with this virus and you lost. You told the people of your state and you told the people of this country, White House, uh, don't worry about it. Just open up, go about your business. This is all uh, democratic uh, uh, hyperbole. Oh, really? Uh, Now you see 27 states with the numbers going up. You see the death projections going up. You see the economy going down. It was never politics. It was always science. Uh, And they were in denial. And denial is not a life strategy. Uh, You see uh, now they're saying, well, don't worry. It's not really that the virus is going up. Just the testing numbers are going up. Forget that. Your hospital beds are filling up. You know what that means when your hospital beds fill up? It means more people are getting sick.
1: That's what's happening. Right. It was never politics. It was always science. You can pretend this pandemic away, as, as we have been saying over and over and over for months, that uh, there's a whole bunch of folks who are trying to do exactly that in this country. But you can't politics this pandemic away. Denial is not a a, a life strategy, as the governor says. Not that it won't keep them from trying to uh, remain in denial, to pretend this away, to politics it away. Even still, at at last Saturday's triumphant death rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Trump famously told the maskless gathering at the ironically named one-third filled BOK Center,
0: you know, testing is a double-edged sword. Here's the bad part. When you, test f- when you do testing to that extent, you're going to find more people. You're going to find more cases. So I said to my people, slow the testing down, please.
1: And that's hilarious, isn't it? Yes, you're going to find more cases. If you do more testing, but that doesn't mean that the infections aren't there. If you don't do the testing, it just means you don't know about them.
2: (laughs) So kind of like when if you don't test for pregnancy, then you'll never be
1: pregnant. You're not pregnant. What pregnancy? You know, and if you're and if you're really defeating the invisible enemy as you uh, used to pretend, Mr. Trump, then, you, you know, you'd also find a higher percentage of negative tests coming back. If you do more testing, you'd be able to prove, look, our numbers are going down of all the testing we're now doing and we're doing the best in the world, as he likes to pretend we're doing the best, the most testing in the world. And yet the percentage of tests that are coming back are more and more negative. But that's not what's happening, that's the opposite of what's happening that's that's not what's happening in in much of the country where the rates are going up, not just the number of positive tests, but the rates and the hospitalizations. In fact, on Thursday, the head of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, that's the CDC, conceded that the number of Americans who have been infected with the novel coronavirus is actually likely 10 times higher oh my. than the number of cases reported. We've been pointing this out for months now. All of the numbers that you have been hearing have been low ball numbers, have been very conservative numbers. During a call with reporters on Thursday, CDC Director Robert Redfield said, uh, quote, our best estimate right now is that for every case that's reported, there actually are 10 other infections making the uh, number of infections 10 times higher than what we know them to be right now. Redfield said that the estimate is based on blood samples collected from across the country that look for the presence of antibodies to the virus. For every confirmed case of COVID-19, 10 more people had antibodies, Redfield said. That's Donald Trump's head of the CDC, by the way. Currently, there are 2.3 million COVID-19 cases reported in the United States, so the CDC's new estimate pushes that total up to at least 23 million cases of COVID. But enjoy yourself this July 4. Go out, have fun, get in that pool with all the other kids. Why not? Redfield estimated that 92 to 95 percent of the U.S. population is still in the bargain, still susceptible to the virus. Three states so far today as we go to air, Alabama, Nevada and Missouri. Yes, Missouri, mom, please pay attention. All three have reported new single day case highs. And seven, Arizona, California, Florida, Missouri, Mississippi, Nevada, and South Carolina have reached seven-day rolling average highs. Highs. And yet, Donald Trump says he told his people to slow the testing down, please. And then the White House immediately said, oh, he was only joking. He was just kidding. Before he said the next day, I don't kid. Well, he doesn't. Not on this. He is trying to slow the testing down and he is succeeding at it. And we now have hard evidence of that. I mentioned Texas hospitalizations have doubled over the past week and a half or so, doubled after the state's Republican Governor Greg Abbott threw the doors open on Memorial Day and still refuses to issue a mandate to wear masks in public places and has restricted local officials from implementing their own uh, restrictions because, you know, Republicans always believe in local control, right? Apparently not. Apparently not. Even when actual lives are hanging in the balance. Even the lives of Texans, you know, the people who used to vote for Donald Trump, whether they will anymore should now be very much an open question. The Trump administration, when it comes to testing, is now telling Texas quite literally to drop dead. We'll pick up that part of the story right after this. I'm Brad Friedman. You are listening to the Bradcast. The eyes of Texas are upon you all the long day. What was the The uh, last poll we saw out of the state of Texas? Had Donald Trump up over Joe Biden by one point, as I recall, one point, maybe two points, uh, in a state that went for uh, Donald Trump in a huge way back in 2016. That may not be the case this year. Of course, we'll see how many of them are alive by November to be able to vote, unfortunately. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Coronavirus cases are now soaring across the country in at least 27 states now. So a majority of the states. Hospitalizations for COVID-19 are now hitting records in a number of those states, including Texas, where the hardest hit area right now is Houston. And yet. Just days ago, Donald Trump admitted that he was trying to slow down testing all over the country.
0: You know, testing is a double-edged sword. Here's the bad part. When you, test a f- when you do testing to that extent, you're going to find more people. You're going to find more cases. So I said to my people, slow the testing down, please. <laughs>
1: That's hilarious. Slow the testing down. So we don't know where any of these cases are coming from. The White House, of course, said he was just kidding. It was a joke. He was kidding. Evidence this week, however, including his own admission that he, quote, doesn't kid, suggests otherwise. Now, Houston's Democratic mayor, Sylvester Turner, said nearly a thousand new cases and seven deaths on Wednesday was indicative of recent trends in the state a thousand new cases in in Houston 91% of which reflect tests conducted between June 14 and June 22 so these are new tests bring and it brings Houston's totals to 16,253 in Houston according to the Houston Chronicle hospitalizations have more than doubled in the Houston area since Memorial Day So, no, it's not just more testing, it's more hospitalizations. People don't go to the hospital just because they got a positive test. They go to the hospital because they can't breathe and they fear they may die from coronavirus. And those numbers have doubled in Texas and specifically in Houston since Memorial Day. Texas has averaged more than 3,000 new cases per day just over the past week. That is nearly double the number from one week earlier. Now, they didn't double their numbers of tests in that week. Houston is facing 650 new cases per day on average. 650 new cases per day, according to the mayor, uh, though they had almost 1,000 cases on Wednesday. He warned it's past time for people to take the situation very seriously. The numbers are moving in the wrong direction, he said. Turner said he was optimistic that Houston could right the ship if people remain vigilant about wearing masks and social distancing, saying, I don't care if you get mad at me. We are going to get this back under control. Well, contrast that with the governor of West Virginia, who said he wouldn't put a, a masking requirement out there because it's just too politically divisive. So, you know what? You might die. On the other hand, uh, the mayor of Houston is not allowed, thanks to the governor of Texas, not allowed to implement a masking mandate, a requirement. The mayor's announcement comes as the number of patients hospitalized with COVID-19 has resulted in the Texas Medical Center reporting that 97 percent of its ICU beds are now occupied. Actually, that was yesterday afternoon. So who knows how many are occupied now? Especially if another thousand people uh, came in with uh, hospitalization requirements. You know, a thousand new cases every day. Mayor Turner said people wanted to open up toward the end of April and May, and we did. Now, he says, people are re-socializing. And this is the death and the mayhem cost that they are now paying for that resocializing. It's so bad that in Texas, even the Trump-loving governor is finally beginning, at least, to see the writing on the on the, on the rodeo arena wall or wherever it is. Des, you're from Texas. Where do they write stuff?
2: <laughs> it's just walls.
1: Okay. <laughs> Texas Governor Greg Abbott announced on Thursday that the state will pause further reopening phases in light of COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations that are surging. Businesses, however, that have reopened under the previous phases, they can continue to remain open. So, you know, he's not seen all of that writing yet, I guess. We are focused on strategies that slow the spread of the virus while also allowing Texans to continue earning a paycheck to support their families, Abbott said in a statement. Well, they will need that paycheck to help pay for the funerals, after all.
2: And the health care, because, you know, if you get hospitalized for it and you don't die, you got a couple hundred thousand dollars to pay for.
1: Especially in Texas. He said the last thing we want to do as a state is go backwards and close down businesses.
2: (laughs) Too late!
1: This temporary pause, he said, will help our state corral the spread until we can safely enter the next phase of our opening uh, of opening our state for business. He said, I ask all Texans. He asks all Texans. He does not mandate because that, you know, wouldn't be freedom after all. He asks all Texans to do their part to slow the spread of COVID-19 by wearing a mask, washing their hands regularly and socially distancing from others. So do you think they will? He's asking nicely. Des, you're from Texas. Do you think they will, now that the governor has asked them nicely?
2: Absolutely not.
1: Earlier Thursday, Abbott suspended elective surgeries, uh, quote, that are not immediately medically necessary to correct a serious medical condition or to preserve the life of a patient. Uh, that at hospitals in Bear, Dallas, Harris, and Travis counties, the four biggest counties, essentially Houston, Dallas, uh, San Antonio and uh, uh, Austin in an effort to ensure hospital bed capacity since, you know, in Houston, they're 97 percent full in their ICU beds. He says there is a massive outbreak of COVID-19 across the state of Texas. Well, nice of him to acknowledge that. That was in an interview with KFDA TV in Amarillo on Wednesday. So kudos to Governor Abbott for at least admitting that much. So even in Texas, even as the case numbers climb, reports uh, circulated that the federal government is poised to stop providing federal aid to testing sites in some Hard hit states, including Texas. Yes, Donald Trump has, in fact, told his people to slow the testing down, please. It was not a joke. He wasn't kidding. The Trump administration is ending funding and support for local covid-19 testing sites around the country this month. As cases and hospitalizations are skyrocketing, the federal government will stop providing money and support for 13 sites across five different states, which were originally set up in the first months of the pandemic to speed up testing at the local level. That, according to TPM's Josh Kavinsky this week, uh, who is reporting on some of this exclusively and has been doing a hell of a job following up uh, on uh, these uh, places where the federal government, yes, is shutting down testing. Yes, slow down the testing, please. Texas, he writes, will be particularly hard hit by the decision. The federal government gives much-needed testing kits and laboratory access to seven testing sites around the state of Texas. But in the state, which is seeing new peaks in cases, people still face long lines for testing that continues to fail to meet overwhelming demand. And so, of course... Shut it down. In Dallas County, Texas, the federal government will end support on June 30 for two testing sites that it had been supporting since March. Uh, according to Rocky Vaz, the director of emergency management for the city of Dallas, uh, confirmed to TPM. Uh, that's a March. Well, I'm sorry, June 30. So you got about another week and a half there, uh, Dallas. Good luck to you getting those tests. Despite those long lines. It's got to go away. It's got to stop. You're getting too sick from all these tests, apparently. Uh, He said cases are continuing to rise in Dallas County and we want to continue with the testing. The city of Dallas asked the federal government for an extension beyond June 30, but they were refused. According to Vaz, they told us very clearly they are not going to extend it. They are ending it. As the pandemic began to batter the U.S. in March, the Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, and the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, began to deploy community-based testing sites around the country. The sites provided testing kits and uh, contract with laboratories and a call center to notify patients of their results. The federal government covers the costs of those contracts and helps to provide staff. The Trump administration previously attempted to end support for these testing sites running under the same program back in early April, according to Kavinsky. So he was already trying to slow the testing down, please, back in April when this thing was just barely getting started in this country. The government reversed the move, however, at that point, back in April, after a public outcry, extending the sites, but only until the end of June. And that extension is now coming to an end. Out of a starting number of 41 sites around the country, just 13 now remain in operation across five different states. In addition to Texas, Uh, There there are seven uh, testing sites, Illinois and New Jersey each have two, Colorado and Pennsylvania have just one, at least for the moment, at least for a few more days. A FEMA spokesperson uh, directed TPM to a press release that the agency had issued about, quote, transitioning the testing site from federal to state control. In other words, to states that already do not have the resources that they need to carry this out and are already strapped for cash thanks to the out of control pandemic, thanks to the failure of the federal government to do anything about it for weeks and weeks and months. And they're still not doing anything about it. In fact, they're still now they're doing the opposite of what needs to be done about it. Kavinsky has followed up on this uh, important beat today. He reports on closure's plan for Pennsylvania. He says there is, quote, no option for more support for COVID-19 testing after June 30, according to federal government officials uh, who spoke to local officials in one Pennsylvania county, the one Pennsylvania county where there is federal government supported testing. Nope. No option to continue. No op- option to go beyond June 30. Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, has received federal support for their testing sites since March allowing the Philadelphia suburb, you think there's a few people there, allowing the Philadelphia suburb to provide access to tests for up to 250 people a day. The county applied for an extension for the support. A spokesperson told TPM, which allowed the site to continue operating through June 30, but was told there would be no way for the site to continue operating past that date. Montgomery County spokesperson Teresa Harris said we were specifically told when we got the May extension that it would end on June 30 with no option for additional extension. He told his people to slow the testing down, please. And they did. Democratic Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker said, Uh, His office accused the Trump administration of trying to sabotage COVID testing in a statement to TPM as the federal government moved to let support lapse for the two testing sites in that state. As coronavirus cases continue, uh, continue to rise nationally, President Trump admitted he wants to slow down coronavirus testing and now the federal government will no longer support two testing sites in Illinois, according to Pritzker's press secretary. The governor's commentary uh, appears to contradict the words of HHS Assistant Secretary Brett Giror, who said in a Tuesday evening press release that governors of all five states affected by the lapse in federal support, quote, agreed that it was appropriate an appropriate time to transition out of the original 13 sites and into thousands of new testing options. Yeah, I know. You're looking at me like he said, What? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, they did not do that. They
2: just flat out Dr. lied. Virar.
1: Yeah, HHS uh, denied Pritzker's accusation uh, in a statement saying leadership from the state of Illinois agreed to transition the two Illinois testing sites on May 27. HHS spokesperson Maya Heck, or Mia Heck attached a letter from Illinois Emergency Management Agency uh, deputy director in which the Illinois official appeared to agree to stipulate to not asking for further federal aid after June 30 in exchange for aid up to that point. So to get the aid until the end of June, when they were trying to cut it off in April or May, they were basically forced to agree not to ask for any more. They were extorted. That is not the same as agreeing it's the appropriate time to transition to state control. In a statement to TPM, the Illinois Department of Public Health said that it had asked for an extension of federal support for the two sites in the state. The request was denied. Illinois did request an extension for continued federal support at the two Illinois community-based testing sites. The federal government was funding, but unfortunately, that request was denied According to uh, a public information officer for the uh, Illinois Department of Public Health, the uh, Illinois Democratic uh, U.S. Senator Dick Durbin noted in a statement that the U.S. yesterday recorded one of its highest case counts since the epidemic began. Quote, so today the Trump administration announces that it will cut off federal funding to operate COVID-19 testing sites in Illinois and for other states. Back in Texas... Uh, Dr. Umair Shah, head of public health for Harris County, that's uh, where Houston is located, sent a letter to HHS and FEMA on June 20 asking them to extend federal support for sites in the city. He said, we need to do everything we can to continue COVID-19 testing. We do not need less testing, which is what FEMA's departure would mean. We need instead more testing, especially as Harris County and Houston see increases in cases and hospitalizations. Dr. Shah was joined in his demand by the City of Houston Public Health Authority, Dr. David Peirce, who sent a separate letter to HHS on the same day asking for an extension for federal support for the sites. Gosh, it doesn't sound like these states had agreed that now would be a good time to transition to local control. Four members of Congress representing parts of Houston and its suburbs sent a letter to the Trump administration on Tuesday evening, also demanding that the sites remain open. And get this, Senator Ted Cruz. Have you heard of him? Republican U.S. Senator Ted Cruz signaled his support for the sites to remain open. In a statement to the Houston Chronicle, he said that he, quote, has urged and will continue to urge HHS and FEMA to extend the community testing sites in Texas. Texas Governor Greg Abbott, however, was asked about the report in an interview with a local radio station on Tuesday about shutting down the sites. He said that, quote, there is a strategy that will supplant and actually be superior to that strategy, which the state will announce, quote, within a week.
2: A secret strategy?
1: Where well, have take I your that? time. Yeah, Take your time, Governor. No rush. Uh, we'll talk about it in about a week. So I've asked before, at what point do we consider what is going on here? What is going on here right in front of our very eyes now with 122,000 dead Americans in less than four months? At what point do we consider what is going on to be mass murder? By public officials, public officials, beginning with the president of the United States, who is trying to slow the testing down, please. With this pandemic reaching record numbers now and getting worse, not getting better in the U.S., even as the president of the United States is out there lying about it and is asking his people to slow the testing down, please. It sure seems to me that we've got public enemy number one quite literally now sitting there without any accountability whatsoever in the White House and calling for more people to die in America every day. He was not joking when he said he had asked his people to slow the testing down. He was not kidding. In an unprecedented pandemic, he has one thing and one thing only on his mind. Well, maybe two himself and his reelection. God save the souls of anyone who gets in the way of either of them. Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York said uh, today it was never politics, it was always science. Well, for the president of the United States, it was always politics, never about science, and it still is. And it doesn't matter how many people he kills in the bargain. The Green News Report, on the other hand, is always about both politics and science how's that for a segue des
2: that's a pretty hard turn there
1: and today by the way it's also about accountability for a change desi doyan and the green news report is up next i'm brad friedman don't touch that dial
0: slow the testing down please
1: Welcome back to the broadcast, Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Desi Doyen, do you have that uh, clip uh, from uh, Governor, uh, I keep wanting to call him Mario Cuomo, <laughs> Andrew Andrew Cuomo, uh, today on CNN, where he was talking about uh, the, the coronavirus and his uh, Republican colleagues, governors around the state, who... Uh, have been
2: around the country,
1: around the country who have been uh, denying uh, the uh, danger, calling it a Democratic hoax. Uh, he, here's what Cuomo said again.
0: It was never politics. It was always science. Uh, and they were in denial.
1: So, you know, I've said since the beginning of this uh, coronavirus epidemic that it reminds me of a fast moving uh, a climate change debate.
2: Yeah, not only thing. you, but lots of people yeah. have noticed the similarities between the climate science denial and the COVID science denial.
1: Yeah, it's it's exactly the same. It's just sped up. Same people. Uh, and the same people. And yes, it was never politics. It was always science. That is the case when it comes to COVID. That's the case when it comes to uh, climate change. And even Exxon Exxon Mobil admits it. This is a document document from Exxon Engineering marked proprietary information. It says uh, this is controlling the CO2 concentration in the atmosphere. It reads the CO2 concentration in the atmosphere has increased since the beginning of the world industrialization. It is now 15 percent greater than it was in 1850, and the rate of CO2 release from anthropogenic sources, that's man-made sources, appears to be doubling every 15 years. The most widely held theory is that the increase is due to fossil fuel combustion. Increasing CO2 concentration will cause a warming of the Earth's surface. The present trend of fossil fuel consumption will cause dramatic environmental effects before the year 2050. That is from Exxon. An, an admission from Exxon marked proprietary information while Exxon has been spending millions of dollars to fund the climate change. Denial movement around the country for years, and here they admit it. They knew it all along. That document, uh, where they talk about basically Desi, all of the things you've been yelling and screaming about for the past what 10 or 11 years, uh, on the Green News Report. Mm-hmm. Uh, that document is dated October 16, 1979. Yep, I mean, that could have been. Uh, You know, text a script straight from the Green News report, Uh, you know, warning uh, even, you know, about dramatic environmental effects before the year 2050.
2: Yeah. When you think about all the decades of time that we have lost because companies like ExxonMobil decided to fund climate science denial, how much farther along we would be now and what we would not be seeing as far as extreme weather events and. Uh, all kinds of damages like sea level rise that's going to swallow Miami by by 20, 2100. You know, all of that could have been avoided, but no. Uh,
1: so that document uh, that I'm holding in my hands, the copy of it in an event, is from Exxon Engineering. It's marked Proprietary Information for Authorized Company Use Only back in 1979. And then they spent decades Uh, and millions of dollars lying to the American people. That was uh, just one document, apparently, that is part of a new lawsuit that has been filed against Exxon and their friends in the state of Minnesota, as discussed in our latest Green News report.
0: We will prove... That they knew as early as the 1950s that carbon dioxide from fossil fuels was dramatically heating up the environment.
2: Minnesota sues ExxonMobil for lying to the public about climate change.
1: The day after the tweets, Antitrust Division political leadership instructed staff to initiate an investigation that very day.
2: DOJ whistleblowers expose corrupt investigation into fuel-efficient car makers. Plus, chemical giant Bayer to pay billions to settle Monsanto weed killer lawsuits.
1: All of those killer lawsuits and more straight ahead from brandblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. These
0: defendants had a duty. Worse than that, they had a duty to disclose in a way
1: that was not misleading. <laughs> he said duty. This is your... Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, so some big... Accountability news for a change this week in the Green News Report.
2: Yes, very remarkable. First up, chemical giant Bayer agreed in district court to pay up to eleven billion dollars to settle more than a hundred thousand legal claims that its weed killer Roundup causes cancer. Bayer admitted no wrongdoing and maintains that the toxic herbicide is safe, but the World Health Organization labeled it a probable human carcinogen five years ago.
1: No wrongdoing, but they agreed to pay how much? To 11 billion dollars. Hmm, okay, just because they're nice.
2: Roundup is manufactured by Monsanto, now a Bayer subsidiary. Bayer also agreed to pay up to 400 million dollars to settle cases from farmers, alleging that its weed killer Dicamba drifted onto their crops and killed them. But wait, there is even more. Bayer also said it will pay another 820 million dollars to settle most claims for exposure to PCB, a highly carcinogenic chemical, once manufactured by Monsanto that persists in U.S. waters decades later.
1: But again, no wrongdoing, I'm guessing.
2: (laughs) Yeah. In other news, two Department of Justice whistleblowers testified to the House Judiciary Committee on Wednesday about unprecedented levels of political interference and corruption by U.S. Attorney General Bill Barr. Now, remember how last year four automakers entered into a voluntary agreement with California to abide by its more stringent tailpipe emissions rules? I do. DOJ employee John Elias testified that his unit was then ordered to launch an antitrust probe of those automakers despite no evidence.
1: After news reports indicating that the president was enraged by the arrangement and wanted to retaliate, President Trump criticized the deal on Twitter. The day after the tweets... Antitrust division political leadership instructed staff to initiate an investigation that very day.
2: The investigation was quietly dropped a few months later. And the incident exposes how the corrupt Trump administration has tried to weaponize mechanisms of government to block action on climate change.
1: Hasn't tried, has succeeded. So once again... Donald Trump is using the DOJ as his own personal political weapon.
2: Yep, and this is just one that we know about. We do now. More accountability. Minnesota State Attorney General Keith Ellison announced this week that he is suing oil giant ExxonMobil for violating the state's consumer protection laws. Ellison alleges that Exxon, Koch Industries, and powerful oil industry lobby, the American Petroleum Institute, knew as early as the 1950s that burning their product caused dangerous man-made global warming, but chose to fund a 30-year disinformation campaign to mislead the public.
0: These defendants knowingly directed, conducted, and funded a campaign to deceive and defraud Minnesotans and Americans about the dominant role of fossil fuels in causing climate change in an effort to keep their profits flowing, no matter who it may harm.
2: Ellison's lawsuit includes claims for fraud, failure to warn, and separate violations of Minnesota statutes that prohibit consumer fraud, deceptive trade practices, and false statements in advertising.
1: We have seen similar suits like this in other states, I believe Massachusetts and New York, that have run into problems. Is there any reason to believe This suit won't run into similar problems in Minnesota?
2: This one is different. This one is under consumer protection, not climate liability for causing damages. We'll see. In North Carolina, a federal judge has ruled that parts of the state's ag-gag law violate the First Amendment. The law was passed by North Carolina's Republican-controlled legislature and sought to punish unauthorized disclosure of information about unethical conduct and violations of animal welfare laws on farms and in slaughterhouses, including to the news media. And finally, a federal appeals court has ordered the cancellation of a long-disputed oil and gas lease on land in the Badger 2 Medicine Area in Montana. The land is considered sacred to Native American tribes in the U.S. and Canada. The ruling ends a 40-year-long fight by oil company Solenex to drill in the Blackfeet tribe's sacred lands.
1: And you're right. Some good accountability news for a change in the Green News Report. Yep. Are you Okay. <laughs> For much more on all of those stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find, follow, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Don't
0: you let that be-
1: So for 40 years, they have been trying to keep that deal from going down in uh, so- uh, South in, in Saco- Montana. Montana. Right? In Montana,
2: it's near Glacier National Park. Yeah. The Blackfeet Tribe. Yeah, they've yeah. been fighting this for 40 years, and every single court that it has come to has said it is inappropriate for these leases to be here. But they uh, they kept fighting anyway.
1: So it shows you that it may take a while. It may take years. It may take decades. But if we keep fighting, eventually, maybe we'll win. Yeah, at least uh, at least they did. There's one victory there, and like I said, some uh, accountability in today's uh, GNR for a change. It's uh, that's crazy, and. Uh, but since we laid that down earlier today, uh, uh, more accountability, a similar lawsuit to the one filed in Minnesota against Exxon and Coke and the American Petroleum Institute right. has been filed elsewhere?
2: Yes. The District of Columbia, you know, it turns out District of Columbia is not a state, as you know, but what? they do have their own attorney general. Oh, they let them they have one of state. those? Yeah. How'd that
1: happen? Yeah.
2: And District of Columbia's attorney general sued four oil majors today mm-hmm. for misleading consumers on climate change, also using the consumer protection violation statutes of, this, of the district mm-hmm. can't say state, right. but the district in order to uh, to get some, uh, some accountability for deceptive practices and false advertising.
1: Well, we will see how these go. Uh, as I said, a couple of suits have already failed in trying to hold the oil companies accountable right. in cases where they were suing them for
2: what they call a nuisance lawsuit right? that you have caused a nuisance to say our city here on the coast because of rising sea mm-hmm. levels and damage to infrastructure. That would be a nuisance lawsuit, different type of law, different uh, different approach to it. So the consumer protection, who knows that might actually work.
1: We will find out it may take 40 years. And Lord only knows how hot it will be by then, but uh, the fight continues. Uh, Thank you very much, Desi Doyen. Thanks to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, you can download it anytime for free, along with every other Bradcast we have ever done at bradblog.com. And hey, have some extra money sitting around you don't know what to do with? Well, you can stop by (laughs) bradblog.com slash donate and leave it right there. That will help Desi and I stay on on your public airwaves, if necessary, for another 40 years to try (laughs) to fight fight the good fight, Uh, uh, then we are 100% listener supported. So thanks to those of you who do support our efforts. It is greatly appreciated. We wouldn't be here without you. Uh, you can drop me email. I am Bradcast at Bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am simply the Brad Blog. That is it. Until we meet again. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.
0: Don't you let that deal go down. <laughs>
1: And take a little break. Be back in a little while.